Good evening, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, we are now trying to restore this shear to what it always used to be. It used to be a, a shear dedicated to, to women, to halachas that pertain specifically um, to women and topics that um, would be more inspirational. Uh, so this is the beginning of the, that process, re putting this share back to what it used to be, making this share great again. <laughs> so the, the, uh, this, uh, these next two weeks are going to be a series on Pesach, and then we'll take a break for Pesach and Amir Tashem. After Pesach, we'll continue as a, a woman shear with Halacha and, and Hashkafa. So we're going to cover halachas of Pesach. So this week we're going to talk about the classic halachas of Pesach. And Amir Tashem next week will uh, zone in on what's unique to this year, Erev Pesach Chalias B'Shabbos, when Erev Pesach is, is uh, Shabbos, what you do differently and how you prepare for that appropriately. <clears throat> so we'll start with the halachas of cleaning from Pesach. We say this every year, that essentially the kind of chametz that we're really looking for in the majority of the house, outside of the kitchen, the kind of chametz we're looking for is not tiny crumbs. Really what we're looking for are, is chametz that is a little bit more substantial, something that has some level of importance to it, some level of chashivas, a uh, pretzel, a granola bar, a bag of Cheerios, anything that has a little bit more of a chashivas to it. Tiny crumbs essentially is not really what we're looking for. And that being the case, Really, what you when we're cleaning, uh, the the kind of cleaning we're doing doesn't necessarily require emptying out drawers of clothing and then wiping it down and washing it down because you know in a in a clothing drawer it doesn't bother us if there's some crumbs in there. We're just making sure there's no pretzels in there, there's no granola bars and etc. So in the majority of the house, we're not looking for crumbs. We're looking for something that's a little bit more chashiv, has a little bit more chashivas to it. Likewise, when you're looking under a dress, you're looking under a bed, that's what you're looking to find. Uh, it doesn't re necessarily require moving the furniture and moving the bed and, and just sweeping up everything and washing it down to make sure there's no crumbs there because that's not what we're looking for. However, in the kitchen, there we are makbid on crumbs as the minig is, you know, we cover the counters, we paper the shelves because when it comes to food, in food, we don't tolerate even a mashu of chametz. We don't tolerate even a tiny drop of chametz. And that's why when it comes to the kitchen, there we are actually much more makbid. And that's when we employ all the cleaning agents and the wiping and the scratching and the, you know, all that jazz. That's the, 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 the work that we put into cleaning for Pesach as we classically remember it is in the kitchen, in the kitchen area or anything that is associated with food. But again, in the rest of the house, that's never what we're looking for. In the rest of the house, what we're really looking for is, is more substantial chametz. <clears throat> the, the rule is that, you know, even whatever your custom is, as far as cleaning chametz is concerned, I'm saying this only to you should recognize what's ikra halacha, but if you have a certain custom, which is a stringent custom, by all means keep it, and this is what Rishayim say is Yisrael Kedoshim Heim. Uh, Yisrael demonstrates their holiness when they go above and beyond what halacha necessitates when it comes to cleaning for chametz. This is one of those places where we see the holiness of Klai Yisrael. So if you do have such a custom, and if that's what you saw at home, I'm not trying to discourage that by any means. Again, I'm just trying to give it a, a perspective of what the goal is outside of any particular minute. 
pants and jacket pockets and backpacks, again, when we look in those and we check those, uh, particularly for small children, what we're really looking for is if they stuffed uh, you know, a wafer in their pocket or pretzels or, or Cheerios, but it's not, doesn't necessarily, you know, we don't have to work on it to scratch out every little time vestige of hummus that could be there because again, that's just crumbs and it's in a pocket that's not really what we're looking for. So there also what we're looking to check for is, uh, is, is actual hummus, bigger pieces of hummus, fleshable pieces of hummus. Now, if you're not going to be home over Pesach, you're going to be going away, which is less relevant this year, unfortunately, and was certainly not relevant last year, but uh, Baruch Hashem, we have a little bit more freedom. So if you're not planning on home, being on home over Pesach, so you have one of two choices. So you can clean your house and do a B'dikas Chametz before you leave, uh, which sounds like a lot of work. But again, if you're not going to be home, you don't have to do the kitchen kind of work because you're not eating, you're not going to be there, right? It's just going to, uh, it's just for the sake of, I'm sorry, was someone asking a question? Okay. And if you have a question, you should uh, rather text it uh, or chat it, and then I'll, uh, I'll, I'll address it. Um, so if you're not planning on being home over Pesach, so the kind of cleaning you're doing is really just to remove those big pieces of chametz, but it doesn't require that scouring and cashering and cleaning. So there, even in the kitchen, if you're not going to be home over Pesach, all you have to do is that basic kind of clean to make sure there's no big pieces of chametz there. And the advantage of doing that is that you are mekayim the mitzvah of B'dikas Chametz, which is a mitzvah, a mitzvah that Chazal required us to do, it obligated us to do. So we can loop around it by selling our house, but that's not ideal. The best is if we have a mitzvah, we always try to do it. We try to obligate ourselves in mitzvahs, actually. So obviously, if it's a big um, tircha and it's very difficult, that's not what we're talking about. But you know, if uh, it's not an over a, a tremendous difficulty, then that is something be, to be considered just to try to do that mitzvah as much as possible. And again, as I said, that certainly doesn't require a very stringent form of cleaning just to remove large pieces of chametz and then you do the b'dikas chametz. The other option is, is that you can sell your house and that would that would uh, make it, you know, absolve you of the obligation or you can sell most of your house and leave a couple of rooms um, at rooms that, it has to be rooms that typically some chametz go into, so you can't just leave like a bathroom. So you have to leave like, a, you, you can even like leave the kitchen maybe, and uh, do B'dikas chametz there, and you make your mitzvah B'dikas chametz there, and many places can hold that that's, that's sufficient. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Pesach products. I, I don't think I've, I've ever discussed it in the past, so I want to just talk a little, give a little idea of how that works. Um, so obviously, you know, a hechsher is a hechsher, and anything that you'll find in shaloms has a hechsher. But um, it's good to understand like this, that there's there's two levels of of uh, stringency when we talk about Pesach products. There's kitneus, and then there's, cham, uh, you know, things that have to be kashal Pesach because of a chashash of chametz. Kitneus is, is a minig, it's a drabanan, and it's not nearly as, as stringent. But the problem with kidneys is that there's a lot of confusion when it comes to kidneys because the earlier Paiskim, even though kidneys is a very, very old minute, it's thousands of years old, but it, it, uh, they, they describe certain things which are included, but then there are many things that they don't really give us clarity if they're included in kidneys or not. And as a result, um, what, some of the things that became questionable uh, were, you know, uh, of that last hundred years was peanuts and, and like peanut oil and stuff like that. And most of cholesterol doesn't don't use peanuts or peanut oil over Pesach, even though in your shalim the minute was for many people to do it, but we don't for the most part. But quinoa was became a very hot topic, and uh, the Star K does certify quinoa, and OU does certify quinoa. But the fact is is that it's it's highly highly questionable. Uh, the light is much more mistaber that 
quinoa is kidneyous. So unless you have a specific um, dietary need to have quinoa for whatever reason, which is possible, there are situations that do require it, then you could be lenient. But otherwise, my uh, my psaac is to avoid quinoa on Pesach. It's not, not something that you should be using. It does have an issue of, kidney, of kidneys. That's one thing. The second thing I wanted to bring up was the, regarding shmura matzah and non-shmura matzah. Um, now, obviously, halacha, for when it comes to halacha, shmura matzah is the difference between shmura and non-shmura is not a kashris uh, consideration. That it shouldn't be, at least. In other words, essentially, shmura matzah is just a is just a requirement for matzah that you're going to be using on the seder. But for the rest of the Pesach, there's really no reason why you should have to use shmura matzah, and you could use any matzah because it's only the matzah you're bringing to the mitzvah that has to be extra shmura. It's not; it doesn't have to do with kashrus. However, the problem is is that that's not the actual facts on the ground. The facts are is that non shmura matzah, being that generally it's not you know it's considered to be uh, used by a, a lesser portion of cholesterol, the hechsher the, the on it tends to be a lot laxer. It's not as stringent as the kind of hechsher we expect when it comes to kashrola Pesach products. So there are now, this is not a rule for all non-shmura, but it's good to know that. So in other words, if you're going to buy something that's non-shmura, you need to buy with a very, an extra special uh, hashkacha, like an OUP for non-shmura is really not sufficient. Uh, KJ, that might be you know good for, for non-shmura, there isn't necessarily so, met, so much of that. And there, what's important to keep in mind that not only does this apply to matzah, but this applies to matzah male also, because you you know often wanna buy non-shmura matzah male, because you figure, well, you have to have shmura matzah for matzah male, it's a lot cheaper. But again, you ha- it depends what kind of hechsher it has, because like I said, when it comes to Shmura, non-shmura matzah, if it's not a very good hechsher, it that does falls below our normal standards of what's considered kosher lepesach. So that's a good thing to keep in mind. I don't know right now what's available in shaloms, but I, if it's just an OU on non-shmura, I would uh, advise to, you know, to rather not buy that and spend, I guess, whatever extra it costs to be able to uh, to get you know a, a, a sufficient hashgacha of a shmura matzah. Let's talk a little bit about cashering. So when we cashier for Pesach, there are certain things that can be cashered and certain things that can't be cashered. So cashering doesn't work for ceramic that we know that's a halacha, China ceramic, that can't be cashered. Uh, glass also we don't cashier, Ashkenazim don't cashier, Sfaradim actually hold, doesn't need hechsher, but Ashkenazim don't cashier glass, not for Pesach, possibly not for the whole year as well. Um, now, and included in glass is Corel and Pyrex, all those things are glass and can't be cashered. Wood could be cashered. So if you do have something that's wood that you do want to use for Pesach, that actually can, can be cashered. Plastic and rubber is a very interesting discussion. Some Pesachim are more stringent when it comes to Pesach. Different people have been hugging when it comes to that. And for example, if you have a, um, if you have a, a countertop that's for mica, that's plastic, so if you hold, you can cash a plastic, you can essentially cash a Formica countertop as well. Now, as you know, from past years, I'm not a big fan of cashing uh, countertops. I always suggest to rather cover them um, and endure the unsightliness for a week uh, because it's difficult to cash them properly. If you want to cash a countertop, it needs to be done with Eero. You pour hot water on it and the hot water has to hit every spot. And that's a lot of hot water, first of all. You know, it means you have to 
produce quite a bit of hot water to be able to have enough to pour on every spot of your counter. And it also creates a huge mess. So the tendency is, is that people just do it very quickly, you know, because the water's going all over the place and you have your own little Kriyas Yams up there. So, you know, that's, it's, uh, it, 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 the, the, the reality is we don't tend to do a good job when we do that. I have suggested in the past doing it with a steamer. Um, the, again, it requires a lot of time and a lot of patience because you have to hold it on the spot enough that the steam can heat up the spot. You can't just put, you know, steam for a second there because that's not enough time for the steam to heat up the spot at all. It has to be able to heat up the spot a little bit, at least as much as if hot water would go on it. So you have to hold the steamer there and again, move from spot to spot very slowly. And it's very time consuming. At least it doesn't make a huge mess, but it's very time consuming. There are better steamers, you know, hotter steamers, more commercial steamers. So there's a lot of other options, but it's uh, that that's, that's, again, my opinion when it comes to when it comes to countertops. When it comes to uh, ovens, we'll, um, we'll talk more about that next week, but just in, uh, in a nutshell, to cashering, when it comes to cashering oven, obviously you have a self-clean oven, so you just clean it basically. Really, a basic cleaning is enough, and then you can self-clean it, um, and that'll do the trick. It'll burn up anything that's there, and then you can just wipe that down, and you're fine. Uh, you, but even if your oven doesn't have a self-clean or the self-clean doesn't work or whatever, you don't really need self-clean for Pesach. You can just turn it on to the highest and let it go for an hour, but then you do have to do a little better job cleaning it. So you do, then you have to clean it well before you do that. And then you can turn it on the highest and then it's, it's kosher. And then the tap also, the burners, if they're electric, you just turn them on. If they're gas, you put the, 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 not just the, the part that touches the pot, the grill part, like not the little round piece that doesn't need to be cashered. Just the part that touches the pot, you put it into the oven also on the highest for about 10 minutes and that's sufficient to cashier those. If you have a glass cooktop, it's really, it's very difficult to cashier for Pesach. Um, and I can give you a couple of options. If you do have that, you can call me and I can suggest a different way, a couple of, few, a couple of ways to get around that. The area, you know, besides that, in other words, between and on the range between the grill, you know, the whole other area of the oven does not doesn't need to be cashered. It's it should be covered. It should be covered with silver foil simply for the same reason why we cover everything that we food falls there. We want to be, you know, a lot of times it'll fall there and then you'll pick it up or someone will pick it up and put it back in. So that's why it's ideal it should be covered because if food, food does fall there and it's not cashered, then you wouldn't be able, you'd have to throw out that food. So in, as the spirit of everything else in Pesach, that needs to be covered so as to ensure that everything stays kosher. But essentially, if it's not covered, it's fine. It doesn't have to be covered. Food essentially is not meant to go there. So that doesn't, doesn't essentially need covering. But again, the right thing to do is to cover it. Let's uh, move on to the topic at hand, which is um, how find a good way to connect to the Haggadah as the Haggadah is going on. So this year, it's interesting, this year being that it's Erev Pesach, that's um, Shabbos. <clears throat> Just one second. <clears throat> 